We have a congregation out there tonight. That's awesome. Appreciate it very much. So, um, how many of you know things are changing in you? Changing for the for the better or for the worse? For the better. What do you think is causing the change to come forth? Isn't it the Word of God? Isn't it the Word of God being ministered to you in faith and spirit so that as you hear it, it begins to change your mindsets? How many are, are beginning to recognize that what their mindsets are, what they have been, and what they're being regenerated to when it comes to the to the Word of God? I know for myself there's been a, a lot of change come forth in the mindset, and I'm very I'm I'm rejoicing in the Lord because of it, because one thing that we don't want to do is miss God. Amen. No one that I can speak to tonight wants to be in a place in their mind where they miss God, and so we want to humble ourselves. We want to uh, humble ourselves. We want to be with God. Amen. We want to be obedient to the Word of God. We want to do what God says to do. And we want to walk in the spirit of truth, knowing that what God has said, he is going to perform in us. It is being performed. Actually, it's been finished from the foundations of the world. It's just that he's leading us to it. Can you say amen? He is leading us to it. And as he leads us to it, and we become obedient to it, and we hear it by faith, man, great things are going to happen for us. So I'm very thankful for that tonight. Um, so I want to uh, bring you to um, the book of Galatians tonight. And I'm going to start, uh, I want you to come over with, with me to verse chapter 2 and verse 16. And um, I'm going to start in a certain context. Um, but I'll, I I'm going to kind of ad-lib some things for you just to get there. How about that? You know, it's, it's wonderful that we can read in the scriptures about the translation of, the, of Saul, the, the Roman, the Pharisee. But by, when he meets the Lord, when Jesus Christ is revealed to him, all of a sudden there's a, a huge translation that begins to take part in his, in his mind where he becomes free from all that and becomes the prisoner of the Lord. And we, when we read it, it's, we don't want to just put ourselves in a place where we're just reading the Scripture. Let's put ourselves in a place where we're being translated as Paul was translated, where we begin to see the word of the Lord that came to the apostle. And as he received the word of the Lord, there was, there was this great awareness of the presence that was around him. Amen? Filled his life up, filled his mind up, and... He began to see and hear the word of the Lord, began to see and hear the Lord himself and began to know that it was Jesus Christ. And uh, to have a mindset that you were in a place where you could just go out and kill Christians, right? Kill the truth at every turn and have paste papers from the high priest to do so. Man, I, I got I to gotta relate something to you because... This is a place where all of us have lived. We've all come from that place where we can recognize in ourselves that we've killed the truth. Can you say amen? I mean, we don't want to say amen that we've killed the truth. We just want to come to the place where we can say amen because we, we've seen it in us and God, God revealed it 
uh, in us uh, of what we did, now we're in a place where he can overcome it in us, right? Because we understand it. So um, Paul came to this place where Jesus Christ was revealed in, uh, unto him. The part that we forget about all, so often is that for 14 years, Paul went on the backside of the desert. And on the backside of the desert, he was in a constant fellowship with the Word of God, with Jesus Christ, having his mind converted, having his mind be made new. You know that you've had the same opportunity. You've had the same opportunity. But how we hear it makes all the difference in the world. But let me read this to you. Chapter 1, verse 16. To reveal his Son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. So immediately he went, he went out, right? He left his mindsets so that he could hear the word of God. Do you know in uh, Galatians 2, we know the scripture where it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And a lot of times when we hear the word of God, the thing that's not, that we're not allowing to uh, take place in us is we're not coming to that place where that death takes place in our thoughts. We're hearing the word of God, but we want to hear the word of God to where I die. When that word comes and it makes manifest the thoughts of the flesh, I want to die. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And it's that where Christ lives in you, that's where the translation is made into the kingdom of heaven. Because where does Christ sit? He sits on the throne, on the right hand of the Father in power. And that's where he sits in you. That's why he has the power to overcome every wicked thought, every wicked spirit that works in you against the wilds of the devil, which we taught, which I read on Sunday, right? In uh, Ephesians chapter 6, where those principalities and powers that rule our mind in, in darkness, in those places we have thoughts that have yet to be made known to us. And yet, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has come. And in coming, is it not making those things known? And in making them known, the power that is in living in Christ Jesus is that it has already been overcome through, by him, through faith. And so Jen talked about fear tonight. Fear is resident. Because we hear another gospel. We hear the word in, in a way through our mindsets that that word takes on an image, but the image is not Jesus Christ. It's another. Now, one thing for sure, we would all testify tonight that we have t-shirts in the closet that, in regards to these things, correct? But here's the thing. The word that you are being preached to every week, whether it's on a Monday night by Dan, whether it's on a Wednesday night here by a deacon or by myself or by Gary or any other elder, 
It is ever-present in Christ to deliver you out of the mindsets that keep you in bondage to fear, sin, and death. So we will call up the we'll call up the elder and we'll say, "Bring me in." What do you mean, bring you in? Right? Well, how did you get out? Did Christ take you out, or did you take yourself out? Yeah, you, John, and I'm I'm just that's just an example, because we have all been in that place where we have taken ourselves out. Yet, who is there to give you the good word of God by the promise of the Father, bring you into the place where he sits you on his own right hand, gives you his own authority over principalities and powers, gives you sonship in the power of the, with the power of the Most High, and calls you son. Who does that for you? It is Jesus Christ that does that for you. That's what the gospel has delivered unto you. One thing that I caught Pastor Gary saying Sunday morning, and I love it. I can't get my mind out of it. It's awesome. If Christ's blood is on the doorpost of your house, how can you go out? from that place and lose what the blood of Jesus Christ is doing for you. How could you make that decision? I caught it. What does the blood of Christ do for you? You know, without the blood, there's no remission of sin. And so if our mind isn't in the place where the blood is washing us, washing us, making us clean, then what's predominant? What? Sin. And for sin to be predominant, what did we have to do? We had to go out, Connie. We had to go out. We had to go out. And it's the going out that causes the mind to be taken away or shifted from the thoughts of God. And immediately our thoughts go on, go where? Fear, doubt, but who are we looking at? Oh, I look in the mirror. Do I see the G, do I see Jesus Christ? Or do I see myself? There's like I know that from Second Corinthians uh, three and twelve, right? Is that right? Second Corinthians three eighteen. I'm sorry. In Second Corinthians three eighteen, I am changed by the Spirit of the Lord. So that when I look in the mirror, who do I see? I see Christ. Because now my mind is in a place where it's been translated. It's now in the kingdom where I see Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father. And in that place, all my perceptions, all my consciousness, consciousnesses of, of life is in the Spirit. It's in the right place. I'm no longer looking outward. I'm now looking where? I'm looking inward. And when I look inward, that's where Christ is effectual. That's where Christ makes known the hidden places of the heart. 
That's where Christ begins to reveal himself in you, showing you that you are the son of God. And we have had prophecy, but isn't it time for the prophecy to be fulfilled? And we become the sons of God. I say it is. Okay, come over with me to uh, 2 and 16 where I told you before. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Now we've had a lot of, we've spent a lot of time uh, preaching that what did Jesus do when Jesus died on the cross? What happened to the law? It was fulfilled. The law was fulfilled, thus being taken out of the way. So when we say it's been taken out of the way, then what does that mean? Doesn't that mean that I now don't, I, I no longer live by the works of the law, correct? Because they're fulfilled. Now I live by the life that's in Jesus Christ. So that every word, so we know how important it is then that I keep the word of God. I keep the sayings of Jesus, right? And the things that Jesus said, does that become, does that replace and take power over the law? What happens then if I leave the sayings of Jesus? What begins to take power again? The law. And by what do I know by the law? I know sin and death. That's what I know. Are you following me? So, I don't need, how do I want to say this? What I need in my life, what I need, what we all need, right? We all need to be filled with the Spirit of God. We all need to be filled with the Word of God. What happens if I, make, if I decide, well, I'm, I just don't want to read, I don't want to read the Scriptures anymore. Do you not need the scripture? What would make you not want to read the scripture? What would make you not want to read the Bible? Okay. Or, okay, we counsel with ourselves and not with Jesus. Thinking that we know it as well as Jesus knows it. And so we counsel in ourselves. So you know what we begin to take on? We begin to take on a familiar spirit. And in a familiar spirit, what begins to happen? Well, Connie and I can both testify to you of this, that a familiar spirit can easily be what? Manipulated. Easily be manipulated. Because it hears that which is familiar to it, it likes it, and when you like something, you are drawn to it. And when you're drawn to that, who are you drawn away from? You're drawn away from the Word of God. And that familiar spirit will speak the Word of God, knowing that it is familiar to you in such a way that it can pull you right out of Jesus Christ. And you will think that you are being led to Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Who knows those, the Word of God better than you? Well, we know, we know Jesus does, right? And we, and we know that the apostles do, right? But how about 
How about Satan? How about the devil? How well does he know the word? You know, he has no word of his own. He has no word of his own. The only word he has in him is the word of God. But he uses it on the basis of it becoming familiar to you from him in a lie and not as truth in the word of God. And it seduces you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me go on. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. So, how are you justified? By faith in who? In Jesus Christ. The world could tell you that, well, if you have enough faith in yourself, you can overcome anything. That's a lie. That's a deception. It's having faith in the truth, in Jesus Christ, the one true living God that makes the difference for you. Don't you, you can listen to just about anything today. Well, if you look, just watch commercials on TV. They love to exalt you. That's what they like to exalt. They like to exalt you. And it certainly certainly sounds good to most people, right? Until the truth begins to work in your heart and in your mind, and the truth begins to make known in you Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden, all that stuff, you begin to determine within yourself that it's a bunch of garbage. It's not needed. It can trick us easily. And it has tricked us easily. Let me go on. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? What's the answer? God forbid. Who is the only sinless life that we know? It is Jesus Christ. So if I'm hearing the good word of God, then... What's being translated into my mind? Sin or a sinless life? A sinless life. I begin to take on the attributes of Jesus Christ. I begin to allow the Word of God to free me from myself. And when I become free from myself, what is left? So when I'm baptized into Christ... Is the work of circumcision done in that baptism to where the the old man, the old nature, is cut away? Isn't, Isn't that the wonderful thing in the cutting away of the old man? What's left? The new man. So the old man, the old tabernacle, is removed. And if I've heard the good word of God, did it not build in me a new tabernacle? What kind of tabernacle is it? Is it a fleshly tabernacle? Or is it a spiritual tabernacle? And in that spiritual tabernacle, then, what's there that I, that I need to communicate with? Is, is the angel that God set from the beginning to be a minister of flaming fire? Does that not, is not that angel now revealed? Because the old man is taken away? The new man becomes manifest. 
And just like John in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, who does he see instead of himself? He sees the angel. And what's the first thing he wants to do to the angel? He wants to worship him because he, it looks like God. But the angel says, oh, no, 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 no. I am what? As you are. What you see, you are. I am as you are. Worship God and him only. Immediately, taking the mindset, removing it. Thank God. Removing the mindset of false worship. Taking it out of the way immediately. As soon as it's revealed, taking it out of the way. No, no, no. No. We worship God and him only. How easy has it been for us to worship idols? You know, we need to examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith or not, as it says in the 13th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith or not. And in that examination, shouldn't we begin to see the idols that we have in our life? And when when those idols are identified, shouldn't we allow Jesus to take them out of the way. Let me come over to this scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, listen, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. How easy are we carried away to serve those idols, dumb idols? Pretty easy. Gary used to say, I like it, I love it, I want more of it. And it's true. When we find those things that appeal to our flesh, it, no, matter what they, what, no matter how it appears to us, what it looks like, we are, we are drawn to the satisfaction that we get from it. And in being drawn to it out of the lust of the flesh, what does it become to us? Because when we're drawn to it, what are we going to do with it? We're going to worship it. Who are you supposed to worship, John? God. And him only. I think Gary spoke about that on Sunday, didn't he? I believe he did. You were carried away under these dumb idols even as you were led. So how did you get there? Led. What led you? Your own lust. Your own mind, how you think, the weakness of your heart. Wherefore, I give you to understand. Now listen to this. No man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So how are you going to worship God? In spirit and in truth. Isn't that what John says in the fourth chapter of his gospel? Do you think John knew? Do you think when John wrote that scripture by the Holy Ghost, he'd had some, he had been led unto the worship of dumb? I mean, even in the law, what was Israel drawn to in the law? Did they not, did they not build their own gods time and time again? Did they not worship dumb idols time and time again? We can be as religious as as religious as religious as can be and never worship God. 
never worship God. You think God wants to deliver us out of a religious mind? I'm telling you, God wants to deliver us out of a religious mind. He wants to take the fear that we have generated in ourselves by following familiar spirits, by following thoughts that satisfied only the flesh and deliver us in the power of the truth unto Jesus Christ and know that he is God and that he alone is God. There is no other God. For now, listen, I'm going to continue in Galatians. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. In the Old Testament, when Joshua led the children of Israel to Jericho, what had happened to the walls of Jericho? They fell down. How did they fall down? Did, was, did Joshua receive the word of the Lord? And in the word of the Lord, did God instruct them what they were to do? That for seven days, they were to walk around the city of Jericho one time, right? And then on the eighth day, what were they supposed to do? Seven times. And then blow the trumpet. Let Michael speak. <laughs> blow the trumpet. And what happened to the walls of Jericho? They came tumbling down, just like we know the story, right? It's not the song. It's the word of God, right? They came tumbling down. Do you know that when they came tumbling down, it was prophesied that whoever rebuilt the walls, what would happen? Yeah. If I build again that which God had taken out of the way, I have lost something. What have I lost? I have lost the word of God. I went out in my mind. I forgot. I forgot what God did in his promises to restore me back as a son. I forgot and I go out. And when I go out, I begin to build again the things which I destroyed. I make myself a transgressor. Does that make sense to you? So when, say you get delivered from sin and you begin to rejoice in it, yet two weeks later, what are you doing? You're doing it all over again, right? Is that God's plan for your life? No. That's the cycle of the parable. That's what Jesus Christ came to take you out of to free you from, to make a way for you to escape it. For I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Oh, my gosh. So now I'm dead in Christ Jesus, right? I am free from the law. I've been baptized into Christ's death. I'm free from the law. So now what can I do? Can I now partake in his resurrection and have life eternal? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Who? How does he live there? How does he take up his abode in you? It's not just, listen, we, we, when we read these things, we, in our minds we, we, we have this aspect of thought that isn't true. 
if I look at the if I look at the authorship of what Paul's writing here by the Holy Ghost, is what he's saying it did it is it not what took place in him? Is it not what made him what he is? To where now he has witness and can testify by the Holy Spirit that he is no longer bound by the law and that he is now attached or a prisoner of the Lord because of the word of God, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the Lord's free man. And John, um, in the 8th chapter, the 44th verse, what does it say about being free? And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So the, the residence of truth in the heart makes you free from the law of sin and death, brings you to the place where you are crucified with Christ. Who crucified Christ anyway? How about religion? The religious thought crucified the Lord. Is that something that needs to take place in each and every one of us? Experientially? It is. Very true. You know, well, Christ did it for me. Yes, he did it for you as your pattern of following Christ. As a disciple, am I a follower of Jesus Christ? In everything that he says and does? Yes. It's, it's amazing how we know it's a, um, it's a different life, right? But we think a lot of times in, in religion, we think, well, Jesus did it for us, so now I just believe in Jesus and I can do whatever I want to do. That's our thought. That's a, that is a very lame, very sick, very limping thought. And it will cause you to fall. It will cause you to go out. Because your life is to become what life? Let's read it. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh. Where am I living it out at? In this body of flesh, right? But this body of flesh is creating a new tabernacle within, correct? Inside this body of flesh, which is going to be put off. But when it's put off, what's there? A new body. Not a fleshly body. A spiritual body. Christ's body. This life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What did he do? He gave himself. So, well, I give myself to God every day. Do you? Or are you now in a place where you begin to see what Jesus Christ gave? And the example of that giving is what you're becoming. In our minds, we, we think we give a lot to God. Yet, the scriptures say that I haven't given anything compared to what God gave. How can we outgive God? What's the possibility of it? It's not possible. You cannot out 
give God. Now, we're very thankful. I mean, we, this little body of people, we collected uh, over $1,000 for uh, Brian's son, Bryson, Sunday morning. I'm going to tell you, that's awesome. This little body right here, Boise, that's awesome. And corporately, we did much better, and that's awesome. Won the heart of, of a young family. That's awesome. But the greater work is what you're beginning to realize that Christ gave to redeem you back into what you were from the beginning. When you begin to take on the attributes of the Father in heaven, and you can begin to see, you literally can stand in front of the mirror and you no longer see according to the flesh. But because of the mind being transformed and translated by the power of the Word of God, everything about your eyesight has changed and you no longer look upon your flesh as redeeming the flesh. You now see that Jesus Christ has redeemed you in the Spirit and made you a new man made you after the image and likeness of the Father, which was his intent and his intention for you from the beginning forever. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. That law, we put the law on ourselves today. How easy it has it been for us to say in the past, well, just give me the ABCs of this thing so I can just, I'll do the ABCs and let the revelation of Jesus Christ come in and, and we'll be good, right? Do you know that in all actuality, it probably is that easy. But our mindsets, our flesh gets in the way of what that word of truth is doing in you to show forth the things that, are keeping you from entering into the kingdom of heaven. And when those things be are made manifest by the truth, I'm going to say it this way, you'll have to excuse me, but when those things become manifest, it literally scares the hell out of us. And we'll even say to ourselves, how did that get there? Or I never knew that existed. Or we have a, a hundred other sayings that we could put in there when we when it's made manifest. And we'll say this, well, that sucks. Yeah, all that's true. I agree with all of it. But that's not what's going to save you. What saves you is Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and the power of the Spirit that is in Christ Jesus is alive and well and living in you today. It's awesome. One more scripture, and we can quote it, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to go to Romans, the 12th chapter. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, the Apostle Paul is still writing to the Gentile here, but it's the Gentile where? Where is it at? It's in Paul. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Boy, you know, we, we read these things, and what's the first thing we want to do, John? Come on. What do we think we need to do for Jesus? I Yeah, I, I, I got to give something up. I, 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 I got to quit eating meat. I got to quit smoking. I got to quit drinking alcohol. Got to quit doing drugs. All those things are a reference in our mind. Right? How about you just have to believe in Jesus Christ? Get your eyes off yourself. And when you get your eyes off yourself, is your body or is your mind making you a living sacrifice? It is. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So in order for you to be counted holy or righteous, what do you have to do? What did Abraham have to do? He believed God. Abraham believed God. Through faith, it was accounted to him for righteousness. So what do you have to do? The same. That's why that prophecy that you hold in your pocket, that's why it's so real. It's that real. And be not conformed to this world. What world? This one. Where all of our desires and all of our lusts are stored up in reserve. How about laying up and storing up the Word of God? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, have you received the grace of God tonight? I believe that you have. To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Doesn't it say God has dealt a measure of faith to every man? So we stand before God without an excuse. No excuse. Because God has measured to every man the gift of faith. And it is sufficient to do the works of Christ in you by the Holy Ghost when you believe. And it satisfies the soul. Isn't that what's important? It is sat, It satisfies the soul. And God rejoices in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what I have for you tonight. I hope it spoke to you tonight. Think about these things. Be in the meditation of these things. And rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again I say, rejoice. Amen. God bless you.